We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. Hi, Super Divorce Supercast number 20, Jobs. Nick Villar's here. <laughs> that was really abrupt. Uh, this is Bob um, playing guitar and doing podcasts this all is, the time. This is Bender, and uh, I, I have a job. Yeah, we. I have a job as well. Congratulations. Yeah. I have the hardest job in the world. It's being a stay-at-home parent. A parent. <laughs> you have my dream job. <laughs> it is a dream job. I it's, want it so bad. It's not the hardest job in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's I, not. I, I want it's, it. It's difficult at times. It's not necessarily easy. Some yeah. people might lose their minds after a day if you weren't prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. If you had to deal with someone else's child, I would say that... When times get tough, yeah. you probably quit. Oh yeah, yeah. It being your own deal, it being your own child, then you definitely eat. changes the dynamic of it. I'm I'm sure, but but some people act like being at that, home with your child is like fucking. I don't know. Right when, when I said that, in, that's when you should have said, um, "What did I say?" Uh, it being your own child definitely changes the dynamic and. You have no idea. Until you have a child, <laughs> until you have a child, yeah, you have no clue what you're talking about. So don't even say anything. No, I'm not, until I'm you not have sweeping a for mines in the Middle East here. <laughs> I have to wipe my son's butt when he goes poop and deal with him when he throws fits. But a lot of times, you know, we play and we watch TV shows and it's fun. And I'm very fortunate that I get to do what I do. Yeah, and uh, yep. we've my wife and I have worked very hard to put ourselves into that position. So, um, if you're a parent out there and uh, you play that card on social media or Facebook, uh, Twitter, or whatever, acting like what you do is the hardest thing in the world, no. If you're Oprah and you say that shit and you don't even have kids, yeah, fuck off, no. It's worse than the ones who actually do have kids and say it. There's a lot of responsibility. Yes, of course. And uh, it's on you to another raise person's a good life. child and and uh, make sure you do a good job. But uh, again, when people talk about hardest job in the world, mm-hmm. stay at home parent is not the first thing that comes to <laughs> mind for me. Yeah, I have trouble feeling bad for those people who are struggling because they have like four or five kids and they're all screaming yeah and they're just like trying to wrangle them and it's like i'm sorry i'm just worn out i have all these kids and it's like you did it i was i know how you did that at that point it's your own damn fault the stork didn't come and drop five kids in your fucking lap you know what i mean like i I'm Unless sorry, you inherited <laughs> children like from a relative right. who passed away, it's like a lemony snicket situation. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if you if you're trying to have one child and your wife ends up having eight. Oh yeah, that's on the. I first, mean that's yeah that's, on the first go. Yeah, that's just that's bad. That's well, bad. <laughs> sucks for you. Yeah. But I can yeah. also sympathize. But if you have five. And it's and just one after the other yeah, after the other, it's like, and it's well, like I'm pregnant again, dear, dear, dear. You know, just so you can have a baby shower and have all your friends 
go, oh, look at the baby, and poke it and you stuff. You can't be stressed like, if you have that baby no, on your own accord. Fuck you. <laughs> Not to mention there's people that can't get pregnant and have trouble getting pregnant. And I know that uh, you and Jess had your your times where it was like yeah, trying to have a child, yeah. like where other people just get pregnant when the fucking wind blows. Yeah. And, you know, but it's they definitely, don't deserve it's, children. You know, across the board, it's not as easy to get pregnant as they make it seem when you're like in sex ed. Yeah, you know, they make it sound like if you get a boner near your girlfriend, she's she might get pregnant. Liable. Yeah, it condoms condoms only work seventy percent of the time or something. If so, that, no, no, it's, it's tough. Literally a sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a lot of friends who are once you right now. Yeah. Once you understand ovulation and everything, your perspective kind of changes on shit. Which I still don't quite fully grasp it, but I know that there's a time... Why are we fucking talking about this? Jobs. Jobs. We? we got from jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Job. Nick's a dad. Job. job. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, fuck you. Fuck you! Fuck... <laughs> um, I work at a bank currently... I've worked in banking since I was uh, 19. I'm now 23, so four years in banking. Um, that's not true. No. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Why would you? I've worked in banking since 2011. Banking? Banking. 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 Um, it's an easy job. Uh, it's not physically demanding. It's not particularly mentally demanding. Um, but uh, it is soul sucking. So, yeah, Andrew. Yep, Andrew, uh, our buddy, has a physically demanding job where he busts his fucking ass all day long, all and, night, uh, long. all night long. Does he work third shift? I didn't he know used that. to. Oh, okay. he used to. Wow. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I don't feel bad for you, Andrew. Um, actually, I yeah, do. It sucks. Yeah, I've never had a manual labor job because um, I it would affect my workouts. That's my that's my rationale behind that. I don't want to get exhausted at work and then not be able to work out when I get home. You know, because if you're up and down a fucking ladder all day long painting a house or you know, carrying things back and forth. That's, uh, tiring. Even just standing around and being a bank teller is tiring. It's numbs your mind, you know. But, uh, I'm quite lucky. I get to, uh, go to the high school every day where we, my bank has a branch and I hang out with high school kids and do nothing. Pedophile so. dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not a bad job. Not a bad job. Okay. Until we start touring, and then I'll have to be like, "I'll tell you about." I'll hey. tell you guys about my <laughs> job if Bob stops interrupting me. Okay, go ahead. I'm currently a cook. Uh, I've been cooking for about almost ten years now. I started in a golf course, and now I work in a retirement home, and I cook for old ass mean people <laughs> all day, every day. I'm actually the sous chef, too, which I just got, like, this year. So I'm, like, the assistant manager. Now, when you become the sous chef, do you actually join the tribe? 
the Sioux Indians? <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, it's a French thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. S-O-U-S, I believe, okay. isn't it? Is that how you spell yeah, Sioux? Yeah, S-O-U-S. In, where the Sioux is like S-I-O-I-O-U-X. Yeah, if I were going to be a cook, I would like to be the sous chef. <laughs> and just that, yeah, you know, nice headdress yeah. and uh-huh. yeah. What would the go real offensive with it? Just uh, oh, there's <laughs> there's good old Thomas there. What's up, Tom? What's up? Mm-hmm. Just uh, have a hatchet. You don't cut anything with a chef's knife or anything. You just cut. You just fucking slam your hatchet down and cut. Do you do meat. that at all? Yes. You do? No, I don't. You don't do any meat cutting? <laughs> Way back, well, I cut meat for sure. Way back do when you I beat worked meat? in the, I have. Way back when I worked in the <laughs> at the golf course or the country club, whatever. Uh, there were a couple times when we would have to separate like pork ribs, frozen. You take your knife and smack them, and you know, hit the knife to separate the ribs to cook them. But we only did that for special occasions, so I only ever did it like once or twice. Do you ever use the mallet, the metal mallet with like the? Yeah, I have. I've yeah. made like stuffed chicken or whatever, and you take chicken breast and pound it out and then, you know, put your stuff there, roll it up. So I've used that before. A lot of the residents get annoyed because you can hear it out in the dining room and I'm just back there, like, <laughs> slamming on metal tables with a metal mallet. Quit that noise! <laughs> Quit beating your meat! Yeah, we make that joke a lot. <laughs> we also have, like, we have, like, we used to get 10-pound tubes of ground beef, you know? Ugh. And we would, uh, <laughs> Sorry. we would walk out of the tubes of meat. Well, it's just I know. packaged that way. It's Same just, as in a grocery store. I know. But we'd walk out of the the, the walk-in cooler, just like holding it, like mm. oh god, and walk up to the table, <laughs> you know, and just like <laughs> like, like Nick's dog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just pretend like we had giant a, dicks all the time. The biggest dick ever. I don't work with anybody quite my age anymore, but I did for a while. At the place I'm at now, I had a cook that was like a year younger than me. We worked together for about two years. That was a good time. In an event where music doesn't work, do you ever think about going like the Anthony Bourdain route and being like a traveling the world chef, sampling different foods, working at fancy restaurants... Being a rock star that chef. Would take, that takes way more training than I think I'm ready to take on. Well, maybe right now. But let's say 10 years from now, you've still been going at it. And you're like, well, I'm going to take it to the next level. In, in, in my experience and from what I can like surmise from people like that, like Bourdain and I don't know, like Gordon Ramsay and all those p- very popular chefs, you don't like just like be in your mid-30s and like, I think I'm going to, like, take up cooking and earn a Michelin star. Like, Well, you've been doing it for a long time, though, so I could but see I, but you. It's a, but it's a whole different type of cooking. Like, I cook at, like, a one-star hotel mm-hmm. level. You know, they all cook at five-star exclusive, and that takes schooling and training and studying in other countries and living in France and living in Germany and all this stuff to learn. No you know, appeal all, all these for that? Things. Not really. No. And then you have to add charisma mm-hmm. on top of that. Yeah. I think you're charismatic. Definitely, you're, yeah. You're charismatic enough to be a world famous That's chef. the tougher thing, is having the yeah. charisma. 
Because that's something you can't really cultivate. Well, well, I'm also at a statistical disadvantage just being American. Yeah. Because uh, out of all the top chefs in the world, I learned this recently. The a Michelin star is the highest, like, I don't know, level you can achieve as a chef. And no American in history has, like, ever gotten more than, like, two Michelin stars. Gordon Ramsay has 16. Jesus wow. Christ. What do you have to do? I have no... I don't know. Is I don't like even know. It's like a secret society. It's like an Illuminati. It is. It's just like when you just... You achieve things or you, like, what you know, whatever. But that's you, the highest honor you can achieve as a chef. And nobody from America ever gets it. And then you call people cunts. Pretty much. Guy Fieri. <laughs> you ever think about maybe uh, frosting your tips and going the Guy Fieri route? No, that guy can die. <laughs> I don't. I actually I don't look up to many chefs except last I don't know month or so. Last month, maybe Lindsay and I went on a Gordon Ramsay binge because he has like twelve TV shows. Yeah, yeah. So we watched a lot of those, and it was cool. Like he's yeah. he's very inspiring. Like he's a, I would, he's charismatic. He's interesting to watch, and yeah. he has the talent to back it up. Right. So. I mean, and he he is. You know, I've heard he's very nice in person. But yeah. like, I would. It's like my standard for doing something well would be like if I ever did something and Gordon Ramsay was like, "Good job." That would be like the ultimate. You know, yeah, that's your Michelin star. That's my Michelin know. star. Like if Gordon Ramsay just was like, "Hey, you did a good job crossing the street," I'd mm-hmm. like break down in tears because he just hates everything. <laughs> what if earning a Michelin star just entails uh, cooking for the Michelin Man? You cook a meal for him. Maybe that's and if he likes it, he gives you a little star. Maybe they run over your meal with a Michelin tire and see how it holds up. <laughs> I can't think about Michelin without thinking of the tires and the Michelin man is the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. The Michelin star. Maybe he's of so, approval. He's so rotund because he's been eating all this food. That's what I'm thinking. He's probably Michelin man does not miss a fucking meal. Yeah. And he has a very um, discriminatory palate. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a um, he's got a taste for the uh, the gourmet. So, <laughs> do you ever watch, um, what's it called, uh, what's it called, uh, uh Bizarre Foods? I have. Andrew before. Zimmer. Yeah. Some of that stuff I'd probably try. Yeah. Uh, cooking has definitely forced me to, like, expand my palate. You know, like, I, I never, I didn't really eat cheese before I started cooking. And then it was like, well, my chef at the time that I worked for, for about four years, I think, he was very like, too bad, you have to eat it. You know, mm-hmm. you have to try it, and you have to eat this and eat this. And there are a lot of things that I eat now that I didn't before. So I, I would, I'm way more open to trying very bizarre things. Would you try the, like, the fried crickets or... Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably you see the markets like where people are just like scooping random bugs. It's in weird. Bag and I mean, I, I would give I've, it a shot. Maybe I feel like I've had fried mealworms before. Have you? Yeah, I Barbecue had escargot carbon. once. Yeah, which was, was that? I was a long time ago. I was only like fourteen, and I, but I was in France, and they they gave us escargot, and they basically just like serve them. At least at this particular restaurant, they serve them in like submerged in a little garlic butter. 
with just like a toothpick sticking out of it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's an appetizer. You know, I'm gonna just, throw up. It's 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 tough. Like if you've ever had calamari, it's. Uh no, I've had squid. Uh, same thing. Yeah. Is yeah. That, is that what calamari That's is? That's what cal- squid. Yeah, it's fried, fried squid. squid okay. Tentacles. So if you've had calamari, I never, it wasn't it wasn't fried. Oh, what well. I had was uh is uh, squid salad. Yeah. Actually, it was pretty good. You can I get like it. I've been I've seen it at Kroger now. You can get like baby octopus salad. There's mm-hmm. just little little mini octopus just friggin' in your salad. But that's my job. I enjoy yeah. cooking. Let's get into some uh, the the meat of the the cast, no, which I think everybody is waiting for. This is jobs you've had and stories from those jobs and wacky occurrences at those jobs, maybe because people, you know, we got our current jobs out of the way. And yeah. We're musicians, first and foremost, you know. Obviously, our jobs keep us alive in, in how, houses and But I'd rather, I'd rather have this work out than, like, be a cook forever. Yes. Yeah. Our goal, to be clear, is to be professional musicians, and we just have not achieved it yet, so. But we're working hard to achieve those goals. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, we're working hard. So, well, you know, um, before I had the hardest job in the world, <laughs> I worked uh, for several years. I bounced back and forth between buybacks and GameStop. Yeah. In sort of what became a, a strange bidding war, mm-hmm. almost, <laughs> where I went back, I went back and forth because I would get calls from like former bosses. Yeah. And I did it, um, I think I did it once at GameStop, and I was lured back to buybacks twice. Yeah. From people knowing I was in a similar position at like a rival company. Yeah. And then they would call me up one day, and it's like, hey, we just had this opening, and we'd really like you to come back. And then it's yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, I can do that. So um, buybacks was definitely... Uh, it had a little more freedom. It wasn't as corporate and stuffy, but the hours were ridiculous. And uh, I actually have, you know, the Mario blanket. Have you seen that downstairs? Have you seen the? Yes, I think yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a I have a Mario Brothers blanket that um, I will always remember and cherish because I had stayed overnight at buybacks, oh my God. working and <laughs> putting stuff away because they didn't. You know, managers were expected to work a certain number of hours. I think it was like fifty-five a week. But Christ, if you're Almighty. if you didn't get everything done, you were just expected to stay and finish mm-hmm. whatever. And you know, you have a certain um, number of hours that you can distribute amongst your employees. And if all of those are taken up and there's still work to do, they can't like force you by law to stay. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like behind the scenes, they're thinking. You better stay and get it done, or else we'll fire you and find someone else. Yeah, that's kind of like the the understood. They'd find another reason to fire you, and yeah, under so, the guise of that, fire yeah. you for not. So there were, you know, there were many fifteen, sixteen hour days, and uh, one night I was just I was there until probably like four in the morning, 
And I was like, I'm not going to drive an hour home and then come back here <laughs> after sleeping for like 45 minutes mm-hmm. and make the morning commute again. So I uh, drove my ass on over to Walmart and <laughs> bought a blanket. I bought a, I bought that Mario blanket and a shitty like $5 pillow. And I went back into our storage room and locked the door. And I slept on a bunch of boxes oh my God. <laughs> for like three hours. That's and, fucking terrible. And I had the most startling wake up because, you know, obviously I locked up. I was there by myself. I set my uh, my alarm on my phone. And then I was woken up by a knock on the storage room door. Oh, and my God. it was God. just like the most fucking frightening thing. So it was like, what's going on? How? Why is there <laughs> someone in the store right now? And uh, it turns out it was like a, a guy that worked there. And he had driven by, and he was like, oh, I just saw your car, and I was wondering if you needed help with anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I was actually trying to get maybe another hour of sleep, so if you could <laughs> leave me alone. If you could just <laughs> fuck off, I yeah. have to sleep. So, yeah, that was that was the only time I've ever stayed overnight at mm-hmm. work. Um, well, besides when I worked third shift at uh, Toys R Us, but, you know. You worked third shift at Speedway, too, didn't Yeah, you? yeah, that, too. Yeah. That's something we mentioned last week. Is uh, I've had um, a very ridiculous number of jobs. Have you in ever my life. counted them all? I counted them when I was like twenty-one, and I think it was nearing it was nearing twelve or so at that point. <laughs> so uh, I don't I, know if I've had twelve now. I, yeah, I definitely haven't. I've always uh, I have the distinguishing characteristic of never having been fired from a job. Yeah. I've been fired from every job I've ever had except one that I left hmm. uh, for this job. So I uh, I worked at La Rosa's for my first job, and uh, I don't know if you could say I got fired, but I called off like twenty minutes before I was supposed to be there, and uh, I knew I w- I knew I was going to be in trouble, so. I just never showed back up because uh, I didn't care. I would call that abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. yeah. yeah not fired. So I abandoned that job. Yeah. Um, then I got a telemarketing job, which everybody can vomit in their mouths now. But it wasn't like one of those selling steak knives over the phone, like workaholics things. It was like... I did sell knives, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I I sold uh, the Cincinnati Enquirer over the phone, and uh, I guess that's the same thing, but it was the weirdest job ever, because the shifts were only like four hours long, because there's really tight restrictions on telemarketing mm-hmm. now, and uh, we had this these things that we would fill out, like the buzzwords were, take me off your list. Mm-hmm. And whenever anybody says that, you have to do it, or else you're violating, like, a million different federal laws. So, at the end of my sh- little tiny four-hour shift, I would have a stack of paper, like, this big of, take me off your fucking list, <laughs> asshole. And, um, the only time I would actually sell anything was when we ran our Sunday paper on sale for 99 cents. Then I would get the old people... Ah, oh, the paper is only a dollar. Okay, sign me up. You know, and there were incentives to get them to use their credit cards and stuff. And I, uh, 
me and a couple guys would start giving that deal away because we figured out that it was like something that we could type in manually, like 99 cent. So we started making our sales that way when we weren't supposed to be doing it. And the, the supervisor who was over us actually got fired because of it. Wow. We, we didn't. But then I started, uh, not caring to the point where I started using fake names and fake accents. Uh, there was a, there was a serial killer at the time. It was, uh, like a Mexican or Hispanic, Hispanic person. Uh, he had a very distinctive name. Um, and I was using that for a little while, uh, as my name when I called. <laughs> and then I was, uh, I actually sold a newspaper subscription as Skippy Jenkins, I think. So, and the woman called it, but I stuck to it. She was like, your name is Skippy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Skippy. Uh, uh, some of my friends call me Skip. And we went through the whole thing, and I got her credit card and sold her the fucking paper as Skippy. And then... Um, there was a day when I'd been doing this for a while. Uh, it was on, it was either on Halloween or it was the day before Halloween or something. So since we worked in a call center, you don't have to deal with customers face to face. So we all dressed up in costumes and I was, uh, V from V for Vendetta had the whole get up, the hat, the mask, even the wig and the, you know, the knives, the fake knives and, I got called into my manager's office with the mask on, <laughs> and he uh, started by saying, uh, take off your mask, please. And I removed the mask and uh, proceeded to get fired while I was in a Halloween <laughs> costume. <laughs> and he had these calls, like, queued up, like, oh, this is, this is Skippy from the Inquirer. Would you like to buy a paper? <laughs> and then you just, you know, stop that one and move to the next one. And he played about three or four of them, just a few snippets. And he's like, you, you're fired. You can't do this. <laughs> I was, was like, he pissed. He, <laughs> I could tell it was more like disappointment. Yeah. But I could see in his face that the part of him that remembered being a teenager was kind of laughing at the same time. <laughs> but this was his job, like his for real job, so yeah. he had to take it serious. But I could tell he was like, you, he was, it wasn't like, you can't do this. It was like, you can't do this. You're fired. <laughs> like, it was a very gentle firing. Yeah. And then I, I, uh, put my mask back on and <laughs> I slowly walked out. And people were like, where are you going? And I was like, got fired. <laughs> and I just drove home. Yeah. And uh, that was that was my most interesting firing, I think. With all my jobs, I've never <laughs> been explicitly fired. Ah. I've always left because I've gotten bored. Yeah. I just wanted to do something else. <laughs> and, um, what happens when you Didn't just get bored you? of being a stay-at-home dad? You're like, well, no, I'm going to do something yeah, Well, else. what I was going to say is a lot of times employers are looking for loyalty. So how do you get hired at another job where you're like, where they're like, why would you leave your last job? Did you make things up like, well, it wasn't uh, fulfilling and I was looking for something 
your company seems more fulfilling to me or well, no, because I never, I never put my entire employment history on oh, my resume okay. or anything. <laughs> That's be classic. Like a book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't anymore. I, yeah. I would use like a select number of jobs, and a few of them I was still cool with past managers, so they so could just, reference. Yeah, yeah, and you know, <laughs> basically, you can use any number of reasons. Person, if you write personal reasons, they can't. They can't ask you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've only ever had one job interview. Ever. Really? Yeah. I've, aside from having never been fired, I also every job I've gotten except for one, I've had somebody get me the job. Like mm-hmm. a friend has worked there, or my dad mm-hmm. worked at one job that I had, or that's usually the way to do it. My mm-hmm. next door, the, my very first job uh, was at a putt putt golf course, and I I was a like a go kart, you know, I ran the go kart track or whatever, and I got that job because our next door neighbors had bought the building like the year before, because you had to be sixteen, and I think I applied when I was fifteen. And they were like, well, come come back next summer and, you know, yeah. we'll give you a job. And I did. And then they did. And I worked there for three years until the whole place shut down. And then from there I went to Kroger, which was my only interview. Mm-hmm. And I quit Kroger. And Kroger then I, sucks. Yeah, it does. It was the worst. I've interviewed at Kroger and I got hired. And then I never showed up to my first day of work. Yeah. So technically, well, actually, I in, totally forgot. <laughs> in between putt putt and Kroger, I had I worked at uh, an auto repair shop washing cars, and I got that job because my dad was the service manager. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Kroger, only interview ever, and then left Kroger. And my buddy, a friend of mine, got me the job cooking, and I've just been doing that ever since. It's been. Like managers mm-hmm. have taken me to different buildings. You yeah, know, I, they quit, and then they're like, "Hey, come work for me here." And one job interview ever. I would say that I'm a job interview specialist. Mm. Um, this is not tooting my own horn because I'm not. Once I get hired, they realize the terrible mistake they've made. <laughs> but in the interview, there's this thing that I can turn on within my being where I can be charming and engaging and smart and uh sound like i give a shit it only works on job interviews yes because immediately after i get hired i become myself and then i've literally had a boss my boss my last boss at shiviet savings bank which was the bank i worked at before lcmb she told me to my face you're not the person that I hired. <laughs> and it was true. It pissed me off, but it was true. And that's how I get jobs. Yeah. You slap little, on a nice tie and... A little deception. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the moment I care because I need a job, and then once I get the job, I just kind of... I'm a musician. I have a job so that I can fucking do this with you guys. You know, I wouldn't be able to do this if I didn't work. You know, it's uh, jobs will never the day jobs will never be a passion of mine. Um, unless music job. just fucking crashes and burns and you guys all die in a yeah. fiery explosion, and then I I would probably go back to college and find something that 
I actually felt fulfilled at, but it probably doesn't surprise anybody that banking is not my, you know, that's not the pinnacle of my life's work, you know. Much more proud of the things I do with the band, so, yeah. Um, Nick got me a job once upon a time. Oh, yeah. GameStop? Mm -hmm. You didn't have to interview at GameStop? No. You just showed up and started working? Nick told the manager, he was like, hey, my friend needs a second job and the guy was like okay and he and just showed gave up. me a second job yeah that's really I've how most to... of them work yeah. i don't i can't remember the last like real job well i interviewed for gamestop um yeah. but before that i think i was in a similar position where i i would know someone i mean i got yeah. a, a job at jeff weiler through jesse's dad yeah worked there for a while being a lot technician mm-hmm that was fun. Yeah. I, I feel like, like even if you had a strong reference like that, like, I remember Jess saying something about where her mom works. Yeah. And Well, that's it's government. Like, right. But I, I don't know. I just feel like even though you have that strong... Because I've known people who worked the places that I've gone, but it's like, hey, why don't you come interview for a job here? It's not like... They just fucking hand you I think the job. It, well, it just, I went into GameStop prepared for an interview. Yeah. And he just, Mike, the manager uh-huh. the time, just gave me, like, it the papers be, to get set up. Or it could whatever. be the manager's choice sometimes, I would imagine. I they have a little freedom with that. Well, but when I was... In a strict <laughs> corporate environment, I remember I've had... I had two interviews for Shiviot. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a one-on-one... And then a group interview with, like, three different hiring people. And I interviewed for fucking Blockbuster Video one time. Yeah. This is how fucking old I am, I guess. We, we are. I used um, to want to work at Hollywood Video. I wanted to work yeah. at Blockbuster so fucking so bad. I. I applied there, seriously, through every job I had for, like, the first four years of working. And I finally got an interview. And I went to it, and it was a group interview. It was in a really sterile, like room with fucking white lights and it was extremely weird and um they hired me but i forget something happened like maybe i got a different job or something but i remember not working there either they went out i didn't work there yeah well (laughs) that's what we all know the ending to that it's like I almost got a job on the Titanic, you know. I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to do interviews really. So when I was going through applications, I would find people who I really thought I would hire on the spot. Ah. And then call them in and the interview would basically be like me meeting with them, gauging whether yeah. or not it was going to work and then after talking to them I might just say, "All okay. right, well, come in on this day." I've had that. I've been hired on the spot in an interview. But I... But it's tough to... That's like know. a mini-interview. Like a mint-interview. Min- yeah, I just... I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like interview, you have this idea of, like, putting on a nice suit, and you sit down across the desk. Yeah. And you're, like... That's exactly being asked what it is. very formal questions, but... And then mine, you have to make uh, shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I just never wanted to go through that. It was, like... It's terrible. I don't feel like it's very telling of the person that you're going to be bringing on board, so to speak. Well, <laughs> so you can you can make people be real with you for a second. Yes. You can get an idea of right. how they're going to be right. in the job. I think. Yeah, 
I, I try to let a little bit of my personality come through, like the the funny side, because I like to joke and stuff. Um, I remember making a joke about wearing a pink tie in my Shiviet interview. Uh, I don't know what it was. That was stupid. But um, I'm not actually gay. I'm just wearing a pink tie. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a case of the not gays. It was just. I was like, oh, I'm the kind of guy who wears a pink tie to an interview. <laughs> you oh, know, hilarious. like, yeah, <laughs> funny to older people <laughs> who are interviewing you who hate their wives um, oh, yeah. and their lives. Uh, I've interviewed at H. H. Greg uh, with a Terry Crews type character, very jacked, bald uh, African American gentleman. But he worked at H.H. Uh, Craig <laughs> to fuel his steroid addiction. I don't know. But what this TV? Let me get that for you. <laughs> yeah. He was very professional and he uh, very articulate. The only the deal breaker was that you're going to be a salesman, but you're on commission and you have to clean bathrooms. And I thought that was strange that they didn't have a cleaning service to do that. That they'd have their fucking sales floor people who are out there selling, like, $2,000 TVs. All right, it's your turn. Go back and scrub the shitter. I, and I was like, nah. Shitter. You had to clean the shitter? I've cleaned the shitter probably almost every job that I've worked. I've never cleaned a toilet I've in my life a at a job. Yep. It was a deal breaker for me. I didn't want to clean the shitter. Fucking entitled babies. <laughs> Wait, no, I skipped no, over no. the dishwashing stage at La Rosa's too, because you're supposed to be a dishwasher I was never first. A dishwasher. They were like, technically, you're supposed to be a dishwasher first, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You're and not they, washing dishes. I no. have washed. And they dishes. made me a cook. I mean, they they didn't say, well, you have to. They were just like, all right, you'll you'll be a cook. And I, I mean, I didn't. Pull any weird like mind games or anything? I just fucking said no. <laughs> I don't want. To. I've done that in I many different situations. Told you to go home. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck are you? you know, I was. You're not gonna wash dishes. <laughs> I was fucking in between runs at Pizza Hut. Another yeah. job I had. Oh my god. I if I wasn't delivering. The drivers had to wash dishes. That's like that's how dishes got washed. There was no dishwasher. It's just like mm. when you came back from taking an order, if there wasn't another one waiting, you had to start putting dishes through. I mean, that doesn't. That's, that sounds. That sounds fair. Honestly. Yeah, it's especially it's, if you've got multiple drivers. As a twenty-eight-year-old man talking about the eighteen-year-old version of myself who worked at La Rosa's, obviously that's a re- reflection of my character back then. Uh, I still would refuse to clean a toilet. You would refuse to clean a toilet? Yeah. What makes you think that you are above cleaning a toilet? I just don't want to clean other people's shit. But and you, I know I don't have like to. you go in there and there's shit Yeah, everywhere. there's not like poopy all over the walls. <laughs> it's and basically you, to, you just like when, spray it with who, cleaner and then who you knows? wipe it off. Can you not wash your hands when you're done? Or are you going Do to you be not con- clean your own toilet at home? There's no difference, literally. Yeah, I clean my own toilet at home. Yeah. It's just like that. Most people are not I'm sure, diseased and like smearing poop on the on the floor and the toilet seat. I'm sure that's the case, but after the banking experience and everything, I feel like I I never need to retread that old territory of cleaning 
of having that over my head. Like, you're going to have to clean toilets if you work here. I've earned past that. At your by, current job. At my current job, yes. Yes. But in banking, too. Because I can apply at any bank and be like, I've worked in banking for five years. That's what they look for. But if you hit hard times. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And you had to go work at McDonald's. If I had to do it to survive, yes, I would do it. Jesus okay. Christ. There you go. <laughs> It's so hard. There's so many things you would do if you were desperate, though, and I'm not desperate. That's, you know. But I just don't see the big deal. That's the only thing. I'm, uh, I'm easily grossed out. I'm, ger- I'm a germaphobe. You know, I, I don't use that as a crutch often. But if you ask me point blank, I will tell you, I, I hate touching money, and it's what I do all fucking day long. So when I have to do it in my personal life, if Ivy drops a dollar on the floor or something and she's not home to pick it up and I'm sick of looking at it, I pick it up and I set it down and I immediately walk into the bathroom and wash my hands. Immediately. There's no lull time at all. Because touching money is fucking disgusting. Maybe I can buy you one of those little claws. Yeah. Just grab things on the floor yeah, the with. the ones and, that really fat people have yeah. when they go grocery shopping. Well, it's not that I don't want to bend over. It's just that I don't want my hands touching filthy things. I, I don't see that That's as... That's why you get a clock. It's not, not that much over. of an unreasonable thing, I don't think. It's like being afraid of flying. It's it's reasonable. To it's, touch things? It's a reasonable fear. Germs? To not touch, want to touch toilets or fucking dirty places. No, I don't. I'm not <laughs> rushing to plunge my hands into like. Well, neither am I. But I feel like I feel like the knowledge that you can wash you your don't hands. Plunge afterwards. your hands into a toilet to clean it. They have instruments I, with I which know. to clean. I know that. And gloves. And I, gloves. Well, if I was wearing gloves. Oh my god! <laughs> like you wouldn't be wearing gloves. I don't know. I'm, who knows? Who knows what kind of working conditions exist out there? You know. I just feel like a salesperson at H.H. Gregg shouldn't be cleaning toilets. That's somebody else's job. Whose job? Do you want... Who gets to mandate whose job it is? If they we don't have, have a, a specified janitor... We have a cleaning service that comes and cleans our bank. You work at a bank. And not H- everyone... What's the difference? Bank. Not everyone has a cleaning we service. We have a cleaning service. So you clean shitters? No, we have janitors. There you go. But they're not a service. They fucking work there. If the janitors just fucked off and they were like, we're not having janitors anymore, guys. You're going to clean the shitters and the pee. Yeah, but he works with spilled colostomy bags. I'm not clean the shitter because I work with the food. Spilled colostomy bag. He works at a very large institution where there's a lot to clean. Yeah. So it. Oh it, yeah. It sense. I don't clean have... the shitter, but I clean the drains in the floor that all the food and nastiness goes down. Yeah, I've it cleaned floors. It would make sense that you jobs. have a janitor service, or not service, but you have janitors at your place. Housekeeping employees. I can't imagine why you would have a dedicated janitor at H H Greg. A cleaning service to come in. No, Some of those places no. are carpeted, and they have. That's for the employees to do, in my opinion. Oh man. We just have a clean this service. This is sounding like stop. you vacuum. What is it? Vacuum, spray the windows, and clean the bathroom. That sounds about the like size Donald Trump talking. Yeah, clean the bathroom, clean the shitter, and sell the things, and then yeah, and then do all this stuff you and go like, home. You divide it up, salesman. You divide it up. No, that's horse shit. No, uh, I think I think your <laughs> your, your millennial is showing. <laughs> Okay. I don't want to clean toilets. Sorry, guys. Anybody who's listening who's insulted by that, I'm sorry. I just... 
I don't want to clean that. I, I'm sorry. I would do it if I had to, but I don't. So well, why you, would I? You've done a good job of getting a job where you don't have to clean the toilets. Yeah. So congratulations. You can have things that you won't do. Yeah, you can. I'm sure there's jobs that you guys wouldn't apply for if there was stuff that you didn't want to do. Yeah, I've had many of them. You don't want to have sex with old ladies, don't be a gigolo. Right. I don't want to clean toilets. That's fine. Same thing. (laughs) I think think that the... uh, I don't know. I was never taught... The, the benefit of of working your fucking ass off for no reason. I just don't see that as working your ass off for no reason. I see that as character you building. Work, you huh? work somewhere, and the bathroom needs cleaned. It doesn't really seem that far fetched to me that someone on Pre- staff would go and clean the bathroom. Have you cleaned bathrooms at McDonald's where people shove their ass cheeks up against the wall and just shit on the wall? Isn't that one of your stories where somebody just like. Press no. their butt cheeks up against the no. wall and shit. No, that was uh, my uh, Kyle, my one of my uh-huh. dear friends. He uh, he had to go in to clean the ladies' restroom at Arby's when he worked there <laughs> with a member of my family, actually. Yeah, an elderly lady in my family, mm-hmm. um, and uh, she left her poopy diaper oh, lying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was just on the floor in the women's restroom and he had to clean it up oh the poopy diaper yeah see kyle if he you know obviously he doesn't listen to this podcast because we could count him among the single digits that do but uh He's a bigger man than I, because if a person turned to me and was like, there's a shitty diaper in a bathroom over there, you're going to go clean it up, I would say no. And then if they said, well, if you don't, you're fired, I would say I quit, and then I would go find a different job. That's my mindset on poop. I can't... It's a no-go for me. It's a phobia. I can't touch other people's defecation. Sorry. If it's my own son and I'm changing his diaper or something, hell yeah. But I draw the line at, at stranger turds. Sorry, Andrew. I don't know what he thinks of all this, but... He said we live in a society. People clean up after you and you clean up after them. Yeah, I guess. Some people do <laughs> clean up after me. <laughs> Imagine the trash man. Yeah. Yeah. I respect those people. I'm not above them. I'm not saying that I am. I just don't want to do that kind of work. It's a free country. You don't have to do it. Right? Sure. <laughs> sure. You I don't have like to, but I feel like you should at least be open to if you... If you why? I just, it's because I'm just... I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of... Uh, I'm thinking of the guy, H.H. H. Gregg, <laughs> making the decision... The man? Yes, the guy who it's named after. Yes, I'm thinking of H.H. <laughs> H. Gregg himself. And yeah. he's like evaluating how he's going to run his store. Yeah. It's like, now, is it going to be cost effective for me to bring in a dedicated janitor to clean up this place where I'm really just selling electronics? Things aren't going to get that dirty. Is it... No, that's not true because even banks get dirty. We have a cleaning service that comes in and 
they mop the floors and fucking vacuum everything. We don't have... Sure, wouldn't get, it be more cost-effective to have us do it? I mean, it, by that logic, why am I not doing all the cleaning around Because you guys, at your job, you need to be in front of the fucking... Uh, in front of your window, I think. But in your downtime, you could clean. You could, but then you're going to be off in another room, and there's a lot of money at stake, and, you know... I just, I feel like that's a different setup. But if you work at like a retail store, GameStop, there's no janitor. We don't have a cleaning service to vacuum the floors and clean the windows. That's okay. That's okay. Well, that's just like H.H. Gregg, but smaller. GameStop is. You're, you're right. Do you have to clean the bathroom at GameStop? I mean, I never did. You know, I was never asked to, but I think that was more of a. I did. That was more of like, I don't know if you did it thing? during the day or yeah, what, but yeah, usually, that was more of a daytime thing because it's less busy. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you guys are just butthurt that you've cleaned bathrooms. No, I'm not butthurt at all. I'm, okay. I think it's absurd <laughs> that you are putting bathroom cleaning in the position of being this, this just, disgusting. I don't know, this task that it is, is disgusting. It's, it's so, in it's like my mind, you don't have to. You don't have to believe it. Not the same even way, you. But in not my you. mind, it's disgusting. You accuse me of being Donald Trump for suggesting Papa John. How about him? I'm sure he has his employees on their hands and knees cleaning the bathroom floor, so he doesn't have to pay a janitor to clean his. Well, you don't. You're 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 not. But you're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, like, how much do you need to? D- you're what, under- at what at what level of your job title description are you no longer required to clean a shitter? You know, like I feel like you should be able to advance past that. Yeah, maybe. But, but even when I was even when I was when I was managing places, I'm not saying I'm. It a didn't perfect bother person. me. No one's forcing me to do it. It's just, oh, I walked in the bathroom and it kind of looks like shit, so I'm going to clean it up because I would like my bathroom to look nice for people who come in here. You're a great employee, Nick. Well, <laughs> I'm. That's that's sincere. I'm. I must. I'm not a great employee. I said that at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I never said that I was trying to make employees. Should of the we month. have? Should we have janitors over at the shop? Should we hire a janitor? Uh, no. Not necessarily. You're a small business. Yeah. Doesn't GameStop is a giant corporation that Do you know has how ridiculous it would be to have a profits? janitor at GameStop? I'm not saying that a in? tiny little GameStop should have a janitor. H.H. Like Gregg is a very large department store. A guy store. in a jumpsuit with, like, Hal name tag, and he's just, like, got a mop, and he's mopping the five-square-foot back room. Well, that's like, what... One, two, three, and then he's like, well, time to turn in for the day. Before you started that, I was saying that H.H. Gregg is a very large department store. I know how big H.H. It has is. a lot more square footage than a GameStop. It's about the size of a Vibax, in my opinion. It's been a long time since I've been in H.H. Greg. You could be right about that. Cause I but you have to it. vacuum all those floors. You have to mop. You have, depending on the surfaces, you have to clean the, the, the countertops. You have to But again, I feel like how many, many salespeople are in each department in an H.H. Greg? Probably very few before they went out of business, which they did. So I don't think there's any H.H. Gregs I left. there's still H.H. Gregs. There's probably not many. I don't yeah, think they're doing too good. 
I thought there was one right in the entrance of the mall. Yeah, that's right. It's where it used to they, be that home. They home probably goods keep. Store. Yeah. Depending on that's large, whether they're running like part timer staff where they don't want to give them health benefits or anything, they might have like six or seven salespeople. I don't know. It's not a bunch. It's not like fifty people all helping each other clean up. You know, but that still seems they only have like six or seven departments. <laughs> so it's like you just give somebody a department. I feel like I made a Reddit post and just got downvoted. That's what I did. <laughs> Repeatedly. What did I say to start this? I, I won't clean won't bathrooms. Clean bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And then you then you called me Donald Trump for suggesting this. <laughs> Donald Trump and Papa John. And Papa John for yes. saying that uh, it's not too much to ask your your sales reps to clean up a little bit. Around the shop. That's fine. The store. That's fine in a small, tiny little establishment, like a GameStop or a little, little establishment, but in a big department store like H.H. H. Gregg, I think you should have a cleaning service come in and do it. I don't consider H.H. H. Gregg a big department store. I, I think, think big it is. department store, you're talking Sears, JCPenney, mm-hmm. uh, you know, places like that, which okay. do probably Medium. bring janitors at medium-sized department store or small department store you can say that but it's it's i feel like you should have your employees focusing on what their job is you know are they trying to sell stuff or are they cleaning you know i i had then you're gonna say well salespeople probably have a lot of downtime and that that might be right you know while you ha- you're in your downtime like when i worked at target for a month <laughs> I was expected to keep my area neat and everything. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say, well, it's your turn to clean the shitter. You know? Like, I feel like they probably have somebody who... I don't know. I didn't know there was this thing about... I didn't know it wasn't... It wasn't... Um, I didn't know it was culturally... Uh, uh, I can't think of the word for it. Normal? Uh, yeah, it like was, uh, it was a, it was, it was a, a normal in your job description to clean bathrooms at every job you've ever had. I've part. never had a job that's even asked me to where like like when I was just giving the scenario if I was asked to clean, you know, shit up in a bathroom, I would say no. That's never happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I've never even been asked to clean a toilet at a job. It's never been part of my job. So, maybe I'm just not used to it. I've never had a... I've only worked in one fast food job. It was at La Rosa's. So, and we didn't... For some reason, I don't... I just don't remember... I never cleaned the bathroom. I scrubbed the fucking floors, you know, on my hands and knees for 5.35 an hour, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, I've done my fair share of shit, but... I don't think I've ever made not actual shit. I don't think I've ever made less than eight an hour. You're a little younger than me. the the um, The minimum wage went up while I was working at La Rosa's, and then the management made a big stink about it and cut everybody's hours because it was like the Papa John thing, where it's like if we have to pay our employees a dollar more, then we're going to go out of business. It's like. Yeah, when I started McDonald's when I was fifteen, it had just gone from four seventy five to five fifteen an hour. Mm-hmm. So thought, yeah, and I remember making eight dollars an hour for the first time and feeling like 
really jazzed about it because it seemed like a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get that first paycheck and you're like, it's not that much. More yeah. Because <laughs> the more you make, the more you get taxed. So. Yeah. 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 That's right. Any uh, funny stories from the retirement home vendor? My favorite story about the retirement home doesn't really involve me. It doesn't involve me. I wasn't there, but I was told about it. You know, a lot of these old people get into so many shenanigans, and I think I've told you guys this story before, but we have a, a portion of our building that's closed off, and that's where we have people with Alzheimer's and dementia because they're prone to, like, escaping and all that kind of stuff. So they have a an area where they're taken care of properly, you know. Well, there was this one guy... And uh, one day he was just shuffling down the hallway in his sweatpants and his white V-neck, you know, <laughs> good old old person garb. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the resident care uh, people walked by him and, you know, caught a whiff of something foul. It was mm-hmm. just like, uh-oh, looks like we need to take you to your room. It kind of seems like you might need to be changed, you know. And he stopped, and he just, like, you know, drawstring, like, opens his sweatpants, like, as wide as he can, and looks down, and he just goes, somebody shit in my pants. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a joke from an Adam Sandler movie. That's a real Somebody shit my pants. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, we get, you know... You get Coming s- soon th- this yeah. summer. Someone shit my pants. Someone shit my pants. Happy Madison Productions. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a fairly... Uh, I'm, I'm fairly professional at work, so I don't really get into too many shenanigans. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, especially, well, especially very lately, once I became the manager. Now, yeah. I'm very friendly with everybody, mm-hmm. but... As much as I like my job, it also pisses me off a lot. So I'm very kind of quiet and stoic at work. Yeah. But I'm like that a lot too at my job. My the people I work with half the time think I just hate everyone. Yeah. Because I just I, don't I've wanna... had I've had people like go to my sh- to the chef and like complain or at least say something about me. They're like, oh. I don't think he likes us very much, or I don't think he likes me very much, or whatever. And, the, and every chef I've ever had has just been like, I don't understand why people are saying that, because you're, like, the nicest person mm-hmm. here. And I'm just like, I think it's just because I kind of, like, the only time I really interact with the resident assistants and stuff is when food is being served. Yeah. And that's my least favorite time of the job, because I just have to stand there with all these ovens and hot things around yeah. me, I'm sweating my ass off and just like plate after plate after plate, yeah. you know, and you got people like, oh, I need this, I need this, and I need this, and I need this, so most of the time I'm just like, hey, I fucking hate all of you. <laughs> yeah. Anytime someone orders one thing that's not what I spent four hours preparing, if they're just like, oh, I think I'll have a grilled cheese instead. I'm just like, fuck you, fuck you, I fucking hate you. Stupid bitch ordering grilled cheese, what the fuck? Like, that's that's my general reaction. Grilled cheese is good, though. Yeah. I can't fault him for one, one of those delicious uh, classics. I think one of the weirdest things I've ever had happen, 
it wasn't at a job that I ended up working for, but it was an interview. Um, it was uh, going to be selling vacuum cleaners. <laughs> it was a product called the Rainbow. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of this Mm-mm. because I haven't since then. Nope. And no idea. Maybe the whole thing was a racket. I don't know, but <laughs> we. Uh, it was like there was an ad in the paper, and it was like now hiring, and it just had like a time, yeah, and an address, and I just went to it. <laughs> And was it out of necessity or curiosity or? I just wanted a new job. I think I was working somewhere shitty and it was yeah. like, I'm looking again. So. <laughs> Sell vacuum cleaners yeah. door to door. But it didn't say that it was going to be vacuum cleaner sales. Uh. It was just like now hiring. Oh, okay. Time, address. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's just been somebody waiting there to kill you. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> so I went to this place and. Or make you clean a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> It was at like a, it was at like a little conference center, and we walked in, and there were a bunch of other people there. So it was kind of like a seminar. Oh you know? uh, yeah, and the so, classic uh, group interview. Yeah, yeah. And this guy got up in front of everyone and greets all the people and went through the whole opening spiel. It's like, oh, so we brought you here because we've got this product. It's a uh, wonderful vacuum cleaner called the rainbow and we're gonna tell you guys a little bit about it today. how did you not bust out laughing <laughs> so the guy did this whole demo and it was like maybe an hour hour and a half of sitting there and watching them go through taking this thing apart and showing you all the pieces and Jesus. demoing it out and showing you what it does and, yeah and then um you know the catch, of course, when, with these types of things I learned very quickly is if you ever see anything like that, an ad where it's like, now hiring, show up here at this time, yeah. it's going to be a seminar, yes. and they're going to make you buy something at the end of it to get you started. Yes. That's how it works. That's how those people make money. Yep. And it's like the whole pyramid scheme thing where it's yeah. like, now... Okay, now they so sell you, you something, and then you have to find somebody dumber than you to buy yeah. the thing that you bought. Well, you have to, you have to, <laughs> you have to buy your demo unit so you can go around and start showing people like door to door, you know, that kind of thing. So that's what they tried to do at the end is get people to buy their demo units, and of course, a lot of people were signing up for it, and I was like, no, no, yeah. And, uh, a lot of people before, take that and run with it, though. Yeah, well, like it, it's a scam if you're not good at selling things. Yeah, exactly. Being a salesman is a special skill. You oh, know. So before yeah. they dismissed everyone, the guy got up there and uh, and he like started doing this cheerleading thing where he got the audience to participate, and I didn't do it myself. Oh but I was looking around like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> And he, like, got really into it, you know, like he's cutting a promo. Yeah. And he's like, what are we going to sell? Rainbows! What are we going to sell? Rainbows! Oh what are we going to sell? Oh, and my fucking God. There was a whole back and forth chant. <laughs> and then, like, cheering and clapping. And, and he got people into it. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I left and obviously never contacted them again. <laughs> 
that was that, yeah it's like witnessing the formation of a cult right in front of your very eyes that's you know? exactly what was just going through my head yeah. is how they recruit people for a cult but the yeah you get people pumped up and mm-hmm. uh, they're gonna make a lot of money you show yeah. them all the figures and it's like oh if you sell these and these yeah. and, and you like imagine you could your life. make this much yeah if you do this well yeah chances are you won't yeah <laughs> Chances are this is going to be sitting in your basement (laughs) next year. Collecting fucking dust. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I did do the kind of door-to-door thing where I invested in that initial meeting one time, and that's when I sold knives. Uh. (laughs) I sold Cutco knives. Oh, I thought you were going to say you sold them over the phone, but you sold them door-to-door. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was based off a referral service. So you would start with your family, and then at the end you'd be like, oh, do you have... Five names I can contact, and then oh, you do that. Oh, God, Nick. And I actually made a, a little bit of money doing yeah. that because the knives were so good. Oh. And a lot of people say they're awesome. They just hate the way that you have to get them. That's because, right. you know, they're just... Sometimes some of that stuff, though, is, like, top of the line. It's just, yeah. like... yeah. It, it, you have to buy into a pyramid scheme to get the products, yeah. but, like, the products are... It's not like... You know, some some of those things, yeah, it's not like they're just selling you just absolute crap. It's like no, but the, best, the best rarely, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's good for companies that can do that because they don't have to worry about opening stores yeah. or anything of that nature. It's just they've got a warehouse Puts and they've got overhead down. boots on the ground. And they get these. upfront money yeah. for, you know, from those people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and then they probably get a cut of what you sell or something. Yeah. So, And I ended up, when I stopped doing that, I sold all the knives on eBay and made a shitload of money, too. Uh-huh. Like, my personal set. Gotcha. I would have kept them if I, you know, had envisioned myself, you know... Well, I was, like, 20 at the time, so I wasn't imagining, <laughs> like, my family right. and, yeah. having a nice kitchen. You just There's, wanted some money. Yeah. <laughs> some scratch. But they, uh, they are really good, so yeah. if you're in the market for some knives... Cutco. Well, look up Cutco <laughs> because they're very good. And if uh, if you purchase them, they have a lifetime guarantee, and you can send them back as many times, and they'll resharpen them for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, That's quality cool. product. Ought to give me some Cutco knives. Yeah. If I ever uh, commit suicide via knife yeah. wound, I'll use a Cutco. You should. Knife. Yeah. Just to make it as quick and nice and clean slice. Yeah. Set them yeah. back, get them sharpened first, and then... Yeah, make yeah. sure without a... No, I would just blow my brains out. Oh. But if I was going to kill myself with a knife, if that's all I could do, if for some reason I couldn't fire a gun, but I could stab myself... <laughs> I just read about a man who went into some store and, like, stabbed himself to death recently. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, so I not be so funny, but... I saw it on Facebook because whoever posted, I don't remember who it was, but I saw they had just written, this guy's hardcore. They should make a like, statue uh, of that guy. Yeah. Because shooting yourself is easy. I mean, it's hard because you don't, I mean, depending on how much you want to die, it well, takes yeah. balls to kill yourself, of course, but shooting a gun into your head, chances are you're going to die, nine times out of ten. But to take a knife and... Just <laughs> fucking stab yourself. It like, wasn't once either. He didn't like run himself fucking... through. He just... <laughs> just like slasher villain himself. <laughs> that guy's awesome. Awesome guy. 
Don't Thumbs up for me. Super Divorce does not support suicide. <laughs> that is in... Well, you don't. I don't. I support suicide Gee. when there's no other way, like physician-assisted suicide, where you're dying well, that's quite of a different. terrible that stabbing quite yourself to death yeah. in Target. <laughs> <laughs> that is far different. But think about this. Think about... Think about libertarianism. Yeah? Shouldn't you be able to take your own life if you want to? Well, you can. Yeah. You can. There's no I'm should not you be able to. <laughs> well, I'm not saying people it's can't illegal. do it. It's <laughs> illegal. Yeah, I think that's the dumbest shit. You're saying you're against get... suicide, but if I'm you not... want to kill yourself, you should be allowed it to. It doesn't even matter if it's illegal. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm not for or against I'm it. not I'm saying that, it. There makes, that it makes sense. Yeah. To to have suicide be illegal, <laughs> like that's gonna stop people. They, they I was revive kill you myself. and throw you in jail. Do you think everyone's ever stopped because they remembered it was illegal to do? I was going to kill myself earlier today, but then no. I remembered it was illegal. Yeah, and I there's stopped. the yeah there's the the uh, uh, the specter of eternal damnation, but they're worried about. The state government putting them behind bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Bender? I was just. We are against. I of course I'm against suicide. Yeah. You know. I'm not get saying, some help first, but I'm not saying you can't do it or shouldn't be allowed to. I'm just saying, like, please don't. Yeah. Like, please don't do that. But we don't support that decision. I heard there's a Bill Burr bit about a guy who knew he was dying and he was in a ton of pain inoperable, you know, whatever, cancer, and he, uh, he got, he took a helicopter tour, and in the, in the middle of the helicopter ride, it, and it just so happened it was the pilot's first flight, and, uh, the guy opened the door without saying anything and just jumped out. To his death. I think that's a dick move. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because you're affecting other people. You're affecting the guy driving the chopper, yeah. And if there are other people taking the tour, you just fuck their shit up, didn't you? (laughs) For life. How are they going to... Yeah. Not to mention the tour they paid for. They're they're not going to be able to enjoy the rest of it. This guy just jumps out. (laughs) Yeah. You got to admit, it's kind of of a... it's, It's dick, but it's somewhat like... You're taking the control back from from your illness and going, no, I'm not going out like that. It's like quitting your job knowing you're going to get fired eventually, so you're just like, nope, I quit. Fuck I feel you. like if like, you really wanted to do that, just drive to the Grand Canyon and jump in. Jump in. in. Yeah. yeah. Because then, cool. then you're by yourself. Yeah. You know, you can go to a spot where... Or just where ride your car off the green. I mean, yeah, you don't even have to get yeah, out and Thelma jump. Thelma Louise yeah, style. Thelma Louise yeah. that shit. Or like the, uh, the fastball song, The Way. That song. I don't know. Where were they going without ever knowing the way? Oh, yes. You can see the road. That yeah. I don't know that song? I do. Okay. I'd have to hear it. I don't know. Maybe I'd recognize it if I heard it. If you're going to kill yourself, Super Divorce says don't involve others. Yeah. <laughs> don't what leave. about the what don't. do you think about the garage method where you just turn on your ignition and that's sensitive subject let's not talk about it okay okay because that's a that's a common let's not that's why I brought it talk up. about it <laughs> well in general I feel like if you're gonna 
if you're gonna do it anyway. Uh, you shouldn't if you've got people around you uh, yeah. who are going to discover yes what you've done, a, or people who depend on you and love yeah. you and are gonna be distraught by your death. Personally, I'm against it. Yeah, pretty much in every case, unless you uh, unless it is like this the sort of death with with dignity yes. type of thing where you've got a terminal illness and then you have time to like address your family and friends yeah. and be like, okay, I'm going out this way. Yeah. We're going to do this. It's going to be... Like Hunter S. Thompson, where they... Not like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really? Just blew his head off with a shotgun. It was like families downstairs. <laughs> I, I was thinking of his funeral plans. I don't know if you've ever read his funeral plans, but he wanted himself... To be placed inside a giant fist and jettisoned into yeah, the sky or something yeah. and exploded. Yeah. <laughs> like it would explode into fireworks. <laughs> Did you ever hear about Johnny Depp when he was living with Hunter S. Thompson? I've not, I want to because I knew, I know he did that in preparation for the role. Yeah, he said he was sleeping in his basement and every night he would uh, roll himself a cigarette and there was like a. There was a barrel next to his bed, mm-hmm. and he would use his barrel to roll cigarettes every night. And he never asked like what was in it until he had moved out. And finally, he asked Hunter S. Thompson. He was like, "What was in that keg downstairs?" And he was like, "Gunpowder." <laughs> <laughs> I was rolling cigarettes and like lighting them next to a keg of gunpowder. <laughs> Johnny Depp, yeah, escaping with his life. Yeah. Congratulations, Johnny. <laughs> you made it out. <laughs> to star in Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. There's a new one coming, isn't there? Uh, They've talked so. about it for a while, I think. I, but think, I think it's, it's too little too late. Are you going to see the new Alice movie? Through the Looking Glass? Uh, I mean, maybe eventually. I didn't particularly enjoy... The other one, no, not not I particularly. It. it looked like a CGI shit fest to me. No, it's not like I mean it is it is all CGI, yeah, but it's not like a shit show. Or I was on marijuana when I watched that movie. Well, that <laughs> that probably that might improve help. that it, that would improve your viewing. I, yeah. yeah, I remember being very enthralled. Huh. Yeah, maybe if I was high yeah. when I watched Batman v Superman. I mean, just imagine maybe. Imagine a, a smoother, prettier version of the original film. I mean, I've never seen either one, so I don't know I what the see... big deal about the original one is. Because you know, I know the book is a big deal. Well, uh, but I didn't. Partic- I grew up on Disney, yeah. But I only I kind of stayed within like a ten movie radius, you mm-hmm. know. So I know there's like Aristocats. a lot of cats. Being at the top, yeah. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that like you know idolize Alice in Wonderland, and if you if you watch that old Disney movie, it's 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 just like nothing, nothing, nothing happens. I mean, I get that's the point. I know yeah, it's like an acid they, trip, but it's just very like she goes and then she gets chased out and then the movie's over. I think the book is quite a bit has quite a bit more substance to it. And they had to kitty it up for the Disney audience. I'm, I'm, I just don't I'm see, certain of that. that I don't they had agree to do with that. how it's revered. Yeah. Well, I didn't see uh, the Wizard of Oz all the way through until I was in my twenties. I love it though. Did it's you ever great. see um, Return to Oz? 
No, you and I've not seen that. Oz the Great and Powerful either. Watch Return to Oz sometime. Is that the one they made in like the 80s? Yes. I've heard it's good in its own way. Yeah. And it's, it's creepy. Yeah, it's much darker. Yeah. I would say it's creepy. It creeped me out as a kid, but I still yeah. liked it. You liked it? Mm-hmm. Good, good. And it has, uh, what's her face? Uh, Feruza Balk. You know who she is? Name doesn't ring a bell. She but. was in The Craft. She was in The Waterboy. Oh, her. Yeah. The the girlfriend in The Waterboy? Yeah. She showed him her boobies and mm-hmm. he liked them. Vicky Valancourt. Yeah. Yeah. Valancourt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. She was yeah. in it. Good. Mm-hmm. Good for her. She played Dorothy. Dor- Dorothy. <laughs> Dorothy. Um, have you ever been injured at a job? I was interested about that. That popped into my head because I have been. Yeah, um, I actually uh, I uh, was taking the garbage out at GameStop uh, maybe a few months before I left last time, and so uh, fairly recently. Yeah, within the past two years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, my what happened? I was like throwing the trash in, and when I was bring my hand out of the dumpster somehow it uh, got scraped by some rusty metal oh nick fuck dude so did you I, get a tetanus shot yeah i was like yeah. immediately i looked and it was like <laughs> bleeding and i looked at the metal and it was like rusty i was like well and i just got it was like on my way out and you just and went I just straight got, to urgent care i went right over to the uh the little clinic at kroger okay there like wasn't even a hesitation yeah. i knew i hadn't had a tetanus shot in like 10 years yeah. i was like all right i just drove over there <laughs> I just did this, and I need a tetanus shot now. So. Yeah. yeah, I've done that before as well. I've uh, it wasn't a job, but I I was doing something where I was like moving wood from one place to another, and I just put a rusty nail right through the center of my palm, about halfway through my hand, <laughs> and I, you know, immediately after it came out, probably thirty minutes went by, and my hand had become an immobile claw. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, gotta probably <laughs> take care of that. Yeah. And I was in urgent care, and I remember the woman, like, scrubbing the wound, and it was one of the most painful things of all time. I think I had tetanus. Like, it was, like, if I would have left it untreated, I would have died. Because your hand doesn't often lock into a no into a claw. Yeah. But that happened to me. But at La Rosa's, I did. I uh, I burned myself mm. with scalding water, and uh, it was a dopey move. It was my fault. Um, at the, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it's something you always do. But this one time, you know, I think it was one of the. It was like a warming tray with the water in it, and usually we turn those off like. 20 minutes before we closed so that by the time it was time to close, we could just dump them out and not give a shit. And uh, somebody had forgotten to turn it off. Oh. And I saw, like, a, I think a fork had fallen in there. And I was like, and I just stuck my hand in a fucking scalding <laughs> water. And my whole hand was just one big blister field. Mm. And uh, that was terrible. Yeah, it's- and they tried to make me work the rest of my shift. And I was like, I can't. Because I'm in severe pain. <laughs> and, uh, 
I went to the hospital and they gave me a Vicodin and it felt all better. Yeah. So, still had the blisters and everything and I was like, ah, oh, pain medicine. Yeah. It works. <laughs> I had uh, an unfortunate <laughs> incident at McDonald's one time where I, think I remember I the story. Yeah. <laughs> I was I working it. on the, the line making the food breakfast sandwiches and um, uh, try to explain this in a way that makes sense to the people listening. So the make line at, uh, at your McDonald's in the back there in the kitchen set up so that you've got food coming down two sides basically. So you are standing at a table, a very long table, um, and then uh, there's a uh, in front of you directly there are a bunch of compartments and those compartments are where you put all of the meats and uh, mm-hmm. and eggs and whatnot and then you slide the trays back into these little compartments so that people on both sides of the make line can pull it out to their side okay and take whatever they need to put on the sandwiches that way you get people on both sides making food and sending it through it's an so efficiency it, thing yeah yeah. So when you're doing this, um, if, uh, if you pull a tray out and you take the last item that's in there, so you take the last piece of sausage, you have to yell, uh, tray of sausage yeah. so that the people, you know, um, back in the grill know what to, to make next and what yeah. to replenish. So I bu- actually, I believe this was maybe a, a nugget tray okay. because the nugget trays have this metal, uh, lining inside of them mm-hmm. that you would not want to be hit with. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you take a tray and it's empty, you throw it underneath the make line into this little bucket that's down there, and then the people washing dishes come and collect those and wash them. And wash them. Yeah. Well, the lady on the other side of me took the last nuggets, and when she got rid of the tray, she missed the bucket underneath. <laughs> And it just shot across underneath the table and slammed right into my shin. <laughs> so it's just like a ten-pound metal yeah. tray right to the shin. And you hurl these things underneath there pretty fast, you yeah, know, because you're moving quickly, especially in a rush. Yeah. And she just fucking threw it, and it just nailed oh my me. God. Just imagine, imagine just like a. Nice thin strip of metal, yeah, just meeting the bone of your shin. And the thinner it is, the more compacted the the impact is. So yeah. The less surface area that's hitting you, yeah. the more it's concentrated into the area that makes contact. Yeah, by the laws of physics. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it hit right there, and oh man! As soon as it hit, I just screamed, "Fuck!" As loud as I could. It was like just the natural reaction. Because yeah. it's not something you're expecting. Yeah, you know? of you're course. In the middle of work and your flow and then yeah. just boom. Fuck! It's like a, a jump scare mixed with, ex, mixed with severe pain. Yeah. So then my manager from like the front just yells, Language! <laughs> and my buddy Brett... Who I think we brought up last week. Oh, yeah. Didn't he say he, he hurt his leg? Yeah. He was, 
I believe his exact words were, he hurt himself. He hurt himself! He hurt himself! That reminds me of, uh, Freddy got fingered. <laughs> Dad, he broke his leg! Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. hurt himself. <laughs> but I, I appreciated him sticking up yeah. for me. Because yeah. he was letting them know that I wasn't just, like, pissed off. <laughs> like, like, an order showed up that I didn't like. Yeah. And I was like, fuck! <laughs> That's me. <laughs> At the top of your lungs. Yeah. Do you have a dent in your shin or anything? Because shins are a... Shins are a sensitive spot, man. I have dents in my shins from trying to kickflip when I was... 15. I don't have know. any from that. I've got one from GameStop, though. Really? Yeah. From closing the gate at night. Yeah. The steel grating that you pull down yeah. over mm-hmm. the doors. That slammed on my shin one time. Oh, God. Yeah. You're bad luck shin guy. I know. <laughs> I, I do have, like, a, a mark yeah. where that happened. You're lucky that thing didn't fucking break your leg in yeah. half. <laughs> well, it's not like I had it under for a guillotine yeah. or anything. It was yeah. just... I, I had misjudged yeah. how close my leg was to it, and <sighs> when it came down, it just kind of tapped me there, and it hurt. It yeah. doesn't feel good. Now the worst pain I get is a paper cut, or if I pull my chair into my workstation too fast and like bump my knee up against <laughs> my drawer or something, then I'm not in any danger. Seriously injured? We were talking about injuries at work. I burnt my hand at La Rosa's and uh, Nick has I went... been shin, he's had several <laughs> shin injuries at work. Well, I work with knives, obviously, so I've cut myself a decent amount of times. I only went to urgent care once after cutting myself and I, uh taken off like a good little chunk off my thumb or whatever and you know I went to urgent care and they were just like well we can't stitch it because there's nothing to stitch like it literally mm-hmm. just sliced a chunk off, off a yeah, layer of your skin shaved yeah. off a layer so yeah. but other than that I mean I've never been hurt other other than just cutting my fingers. No burns yeah. or anything weird or one okay, yeah, I'm sorry. One time I was gonna say, working yeah. in a kitchen, you you basically burn yourself every day. I do. I do. Yeah. Like so, you're touching hot things Yeah. Literally the, the whole time. The worst was one time we at the at the golf course that I worked at, yeah. the flat top grill uh, had a grease trap that was like a long uh, metal oh, tube, right? Fucking side of it, traps, man. And Jesus every Christ. once in a while, we'd have we'd have to clean it out. Of course. And did you have a grease dumpster? We had a grease dumpster at, at that. The Roses. At there, no, but we have one now. Have one. It's like a specific dumpster only for grease. Yeah. Right. Have it's you discussed? Yeah. Fucking nasty. We had so we had this trap <laughs> that was a long. Uh, rectangle you mm-hmm. know it was, it was probably like three feet long maybe two feet long but i we would like take it into the dish tank and just like spray into it until literally like cubes of grease oh my god out, you know? <laughs> oh my fucking god that is so disgusting. but oh my at god some point, at some point i had we had realized <laughs> that like if you used the the hot grease that was in the fryer it would loosen up like other grease yeah. you know it's so not- one time i tried i took a ladle and i took the grease trap off the thing and i like set it 
on the floor or whatever, and then I took a ladle and I dipped it into the hot oil, right? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to pour this down in there and melt some of the grease and then just, like, pour it all out. Yeah. And I, like, took the ladle and I just went and poured it on right my on hand. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, 350-degree yeah. hot peanut oil, just like... Uh-huh. And I actually, I don't have a scar or anything, but it definitely, like, it... It Bumping. went all over here and it blistered up. My burns are fucking. My terrible. aunt and uncle actually are. They worked at Shriners Hospital, so they work with burn victims. Yeah. And it was bad enough that my mom called my uncle and was like, "Hey, oh, you know this happened. Whatever. Yeah. I think we sent him pictures and stuff, and he was like, it's it's fine. He'll be okay. Like it wasn't the worst. I didn't have to go to the hospital or anything, yeah. but that was probably the worst worst things happened to me. Yeah. And another time, it didn't happen to me, but a girl that was doing dishes at the retirement home I'm at currently, we have our glasses and mugs on like a shelf above. Those things are fucking heavy. And she was like putting mugs in the rack, and I guess one slipped out of her hand, and somewhere along the way, the handle broke off, but it fell, and she went to catch it. And she caught it, like, oh. between her arms, and the handle just, like, went into her arm. Oh. And then she, like, <laughs> but she, like, calls, she runs to the sink, and yeah. I'm just doing my thing or whatever. She calls me, or she starts calling my name, and I run over, and she's, like, holding her hand, and goes like this, and it's just, like, a little bit of blood. And I'm, like, all right, like, it's it's not that big a deal. And then, like, I think she moved her arm or something, and it just, like, opens. Mm. And it was probably, it was, like... It was like a good half inch deep in her arm, you know. Mm, and yeah. she, they took her to urgent care, and then she got fired because she was high on marijuana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of the story: Don't be high when you get injured at work. Well, I don't know if she was high at work, but she failed her drug test. There you go. That's what they tried to do to my poor cousin. Uh, he was working. On a press of some kind in a factory, and his sleeve got caught, and it pulled his whole arm in and fucking smashed his hand in a hydraulic press. And his hand is now—I mean, he barely can use it. It's like fifty percent function. It's like a claw, basically. And they immediately, because he's had some problems in the past, they wanted to drug test him on site, Mm. and they—I believe they did that. And he passed it, but then they tried to pull a bunch of different shenanigans to where they wouldn't have to pay him workman's comp and everything. And I think he's still in a legal thing with them, which I probably shouldn't talk much about. But I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I, just, I just know that when you get hurt at work, the company wants to try their best to not help you. Yeah, <laughs> They want to dig up dirt shit. about you and make it seem like it's your fault. Like, he was... He's a junkie, and he smashed his hand. It's his fault, you know? It's like, no. He was working in a dangerous factory where a lot of people get hurt all the time. I'm sure Andrew has seen many gruesome injuries at his job. It happens, and you have to to pay those people. (laughs) Unless they're high on drugs, and then you don't have to pay them. (laughs) I'm about about to sign off here, but... So are we. Okay. All right, well, never mind. But this is the worst... Worst thing that I've heard in a workplace, uh, my sister's boyfriend 
works at AK Steel. Okay. Yes. Okay. Two of the worst things. <laughs> Jesus. One time, there was a there was once a guy at AK Steel that uh, was standing too close to like the molten steel being poured or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to Nick, uh, a, a wave of molten steel just like splashed up and just covered this guy. Woo, baby! And just like uh, instantly, you, just, you know. Like, like fucking does your melted. hand just go away? I mean, yeah. No, his it whole it, whole body. It, it covered his whole body. It covered body. his whole body. He, like, and died. melted like, him. Yeah. <laughs> according, according to Nick, Sorry. there's... There are, like, footprints <laughs> on the floor. Oh, that is terrifying. And then another time, uh, it, it's, it, like, it happens, but I guess they have, like, train cars or whatever and then they yeah. go to last the train cars together you know and they they come together like this right well it's it's happened where a guy was like monitoring the trains coming together yeah. and somehow was standing in between the locks when they close shut ah! so it crushes your whole inside and i guess he was alive but they there was absolutely no way for them to separate the cars and keep him alive. Yeah. So they had to call his family and be like, hey, you have to come say your goodbyes. And then oh they literally, God. to get his body out, they literally just had to rip him in half. Jesus like, Christ. Fucking talk about workplace injuries. That's, those you don't want to get ripped in half at work. Those are the two most gruesome stories I've ever heard, and I don't think that I don't think Nick was working there, but yeah. they are. Uh, that is stuff that has happened at AK Steel in, in Middletown. I would rather clean toilets mm-hmm. than be covered in molten steel and melted. Yeah. I think most people would. <laughs> <laughs> All um, I've ever done is cut my fingers. Yeah, I've been burned, and Nick's had a couple shin incidents, but yeah. I think we're we've made it out okay. Yeah, <laughs> so far. La- yeah, maybe Lazarus will trip you down the stairs one day. Detriments of stairs. Yeah, if your son's Damien, then, yeah, then you're in trouble. But yeah, I think we did a good job. Um, Hopefully no you guys enjoyed our stories. There's many, many more. We could do probably ten podcasts about jobs, yeah. especially with Nick and this group. Yeah, but I, I've, I'm sad I didn't get to some of my managers. Yeah. <laughs> we had to I'll spend 15 minutes on the me not cleaning toilets thing. <laughs> now yeah. everybody who listens to this is just gonna hate me. Yeah, and. Uh, Everybody hate. that listens to this does hate you. Yeah, Andrew already does. <laughs> he thinks I'm a soft-ass bitch. S-A-W-F-T. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, what are we going to talk about next week? Uh, anybody? Any topics? Andrew, any suggestions? Yeah. So. Any suggestions for a topic? Anyone, uh... I liked how we got our la- our topic for last week. Yeah. Maybe we can do something like that on the pre-show next week. Yeah. And televise it. Periscope it. <clears throat> or do you want to pick one right now? Well, I'd like to get back to doing some daily videos. Okay. Uh, 
just to let people know what we're doing ahead of time. But I don't know. <sighs> See, the only thing that comes into my mind is like the things that I'm interested in now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like TV shows or YouTube over the years. <laughs> it's role in your life. To me, YouTube is something I use a lot of times more than like Netflix or Hulu because I'll watch like little podcasts on there and I'm obsessed with these guys. Um, it's uh, the group, the collective is called Red Letter Media and they do a a show called Half in the Bag where they review movies in a humorous way and mm-hmm. it's really funny and I've been I'm watching a, a lot of that not much of a YouTuber I use it but I'm mm-hmm. not a, not very yeah. what, if we did a, what if we did a movie another movie we haven't done one we since could we only did, yeah Squad. we just did Monster Squad what's That's right Something else that maybe I haven't seen. I feel bad since Dale. Well, I thought here, we were going to do a weekend at Bernie's cast. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> That's right. We could just do weekend at Bernie's. That way I'm we can okay. watch weekend at Bernie's together. Yeah, I would love to watch weekend at Bernie's with you and Dale because I know he hasn't seen. Yeah, it Yeah, Dale hasn't seen it. And to me and Nick, it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. one of the best '80s movies for sure. The weekend okay. at weekend at <laughs> Supercast. <laughs> I, that's that's cool with me. Yeah, weekend at Bernie's next week. Okay, tune in. Oh, and, uh, writing writer zero zero just joined, and we're getting ready to sign off. <laughs> Sorry, man. Come Sorry. back next okay. week. Hey, we like you. Did he yeah. say no? No, he said yo. Yo, not no. <laughs> What's up, man? No, you can't sign off. Uh, yeah. No. We're almost done here, but. Uh, we tune are, in next tune week. Tune in next week for another for exciting week. episode of the, the Super Divorce Supercast. Bye. Weekend at Bernie's edition. Bye. Bye. See you Bye. guys. Bye. Super Divorce.